this counterculture thing, I will say at this point, um, it was something really that, that you know, I, I guess it's always gone on, you can imagine, going back to the times of um, Adam and Eve thing with the apple. Um, and really, if you look at anthropology generally, there's always stories, uh, multiple stories of um, people just rebelling against the the elders. You look at all of the folk stories, and whatever story it is, the father throws the son out of the house for being useless. Son, go and get a job. Don't come back until you've got a job. Um, that story, it's guaranteed, has been told in all of the folk tales in most, if not all, cultures and languages. It, it's just it's just part and parcel of the anthropological experience that we have in uh, in human societies, whether they are what we regard as sort of contemporary uh, civilization, or even the sort of pre-enlightenment and the pre-civilization civilizations. Uh, it's all words. Everything is defined by something. Who gets to, to define it? Uh, and the Beatles were right in the middle of all of that. And I think, by and large, they they did what they did, really. This is episode two of... Uh, this is a show that I started way back, around about 2011. It was just called We Love the Beatles, part one. And then We Love the Beatles, part two. And so on and so forth. So technically, this is episode two of, of a like a reboot of, of my old show that I recorded, uh, broadcast back when I was living in Spain. Yeah, I think it was more or less 2010, 2011, round about that time. Remember, there were lots of things going on in the UK. There was the Queen's uh, Jubilee, a birthday, all different things. And Paul McCartney was just popping up all the time. There was the Olympics in London. That that sort of era is when I first started this series. Um, it seemed for a while that the Beatles were really back on the map. I mean, they never went, did they, from the map? But as long as Paul is performing and doing the um, the second version of, of Live Aid and all of that, um, yeah, it keeps people talking about it. Many of us are always talking about the uh, the more uh, scholastic, social um, impact of the Beatles. It was more than music, wasn't it? As I said before, there was the human sexuality, the women's rights. Basic debates, rebellions about uh, all the traditional modes of authority... There's too many posh people in this country. All of the, um, the, whether it's the media, the political classes, the newspapers, the schools, the education, everything is run by posh people. 
Posh people all talk like Boris Johnson. They all went to posh schools, and they all they all basically have the same uh, opinion. And they may be liberal in their political views, um, but actually, it it's not just about how society is run. It, it's it's who runs it. So it wasn't just the fact... You can have people who, who believe in women's rights, who believe in the right to have whatever sexuality you want, all of that sort of thing. Um, that is often shared by working-class people and posh people um, together. The difference is posh people don't want to, I think, they don't want to give up the power. That's the difference. They, they're happy to implement all of these things because whether they believe in it or not, it doesn't affect them. You, you can be posh and you can say, I believe in women's rights. Uh, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't really matter. You're on your private jet flying all over the world. Uh, the difference is the Beatles... For the first time, you, you had these scousers. They were just like scousers from some of the poshest and worst parts of Liverpool. All of a sudden, were just there saying things. And some of the people in authority, it was driving them crazy. Crazy. 